fire uh, in a way that uh, anthem is one we could sing before every time that we gather uh, to uh, look at God's Word. Because we look at God's Word so that God will not just fill our minds, but order our steps in our lives. So thank you uh, for that. And particularly in this this series, as we're in the season of Easter, of just a few weeks after Easter Sunday, where we're continuing to ask, okay, well, the power of the, uh, of the resurrection is real in our lives. Now, what do we do? You know, what is our assignment? Uh, how do we understand the assignment God has given to us now in the power of the resurrection of Jesus that we um, are living? And for us, we're walking through, reminding ourselves again, this is God's assignment to us. Then that's our, our vision statement, you know, that we seek, as we talked last week, first and foremost in everything we honor God. Every action, every thought we want to take captive to honor and glorifying God. Uh, but as our vision statement says, we honor God by growing a diverse community of Jesus followers. So what does it mean today to, to grow? I mean, we want all things to grow, right? I mean, we, there's always different things that, that we want to grow. Um, and, you know, it's like uh, it, we're in spring, so flowers and bushes and trees and crops are going to be growing, and we want to see them grow. Uh, I think we might even have a picture of crops. When they grow, it looks really nice, and it's fun to eat and enjoy. Maybe we don't have a picture of the crops, the vegetables and fruits that are the results. Uh, there we go. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, we also, we know we don't just want them to grow. We want to have uh, babies when they grow. We want to see them, right? I mean, we know they're flourishing when they're growing bigger and when they're um, weighing more. Also, this is a time of time for uh, end of the year tests. And we want our children, we want all they're taking those tests, their minds to grow, their intellectual capacities to grow. And it's not a good season for this, but we also want our investments to grow, right? I mean, so growing is good. We want things to grow. And when they don't, it's disappointing. It's disconcerting and even can be devastating. But we can't guarantee, you know, these things to grow. We want them to. We want to, we do the things, but we, we can't be sure. It's always possible that they won't, whether it's crops, human beings, or investments. But Jesus talks about growth that he guarantees. He guarantees. Here, here is something that is going to grow. It will always be expanding. It will always be delivering. It's the best investment you can make. It's the best material to study. It is a certainty that these crops, metaphorically, will grow. And we'll, we'll take a look at that. A couple of Jesus' parables in Mark chapter 4. Um, uh, didn't introduce myself. I'm Drew Smith. I have the privilege of getting to be the pastor of the Church of Jesus Christ that, that meets here at College Hill Presbyterian Church. And some people, that confuses them. Um, uh, what I'm telling you is that we're a part of the Church of Jesus Christ that gathers around the world today and throughout the ages. Our particular expression is College Hill Presbyterian. And we get to be a part of that larger Church. So those of you with us here online, uh, welcome you. 
Um, let's, uh, let's pray then before we look at Jesus' parables about growth. Almighty God, again, we thank you for your written word. And we do continue to pray as the choir led us that you would order our steps according to your good and perfect word that leads us in the ways of wisdom, that leads us in the ways of your truth and your goodness. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Mark chapter 4, I'm going to start with verse 26. Um, There's two parables here that Jesus talks about growing. Now, you can go back and read all of Mark 4. There's other growth parables there if you'd uh, like to look at those um, also. But for today, we're just going to look at these these two stories that Jesus tells us about growth. Verse 26. And he, Jesus said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how the earth produces by itself. First, the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe at once, he puts it in the sickle. Because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches So that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, now the first things I want you to notice about this parable is that it it is about the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, uh, often how Matthew calls it, is the, the place in which and the ways in which God is perfectly obeyed. We, we pray it in the Lord's Prayer. Thy kingdom come on earth. Thy, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, so it's, it is when we are perfectly acting according to God's design and God's leading. We are in perfect obedience. Now, we human beings right now, we live more according to the kingdom of this world. Jesus lived perfectly in the kingdom of God. And so when he came in our midst, that's when we could say the kingdom of God is in our midst because Jesus lived in perfect obedience to the Father. We don't. So we now live in that in-between time where we, in the power of the resurrection, want to live and seek to live in the ways of the kingdom. And that's what Jesus has brought. That's what he's come among us to do. And that's these parables are telling us this is what the kingdom of God is like. The way that God has created us to live, this is how it grows. Jesus leads us accordingly. So when we are, in a sense, when we are honoring God in our lives, then we will be a part of the growth of the kingdom that he describes here. And what we see here is that the kingdom of God is guaranteed to grow to completion perfectly. We we don't know how to do that with anything else. Neither hair nor tomatoes. 
nor investments or intelligence. We don't know how to make all of that grow perfectly. We only can see that the kingdom of God will grow for eternity. That's why it is the best investment we can ever make. And what Jesus tells us in this first parable is then we scatter the seeds. We, we scatter the seeds that wherever we go, we participate in the kingdom of God by obeying Jesus and inviting others to do the same. I mean, that's what scattering the seeds is. It is obeying Jesus and inviting him. If, if Jesus is the kingdom of God, if Jesus lived according to the kingdom of God perfectly and we don't, then as we follow him, as we obey him, we are participating in that kingdom. We're scattering that seed. As we invite others to do the same, we're scattering that seed wherever we go. We don't have to waste a whole lot of time trying to figure that out. I mean, it's plain, simple, obey Jesus. Now, that's easy to say, but that's really difficult to do. That's why we, God calls us to have churches, to have people that gather together. That's why we have worship services, why we have growth groups, where we get in small groups like Jesus did with people. And then we get in his word and we share our lives with one another because we know the kingdom of God is what is eternal. The kingdom of God is always going to grow. So the best investment we can make in our lives is to get with one another and say, how do we best obey Jesus today? That is scattering the seeds. That's why we have Alpha. Again, why? Because so we can invite others to know. or We can be re- reinvigorated and invite others to, to know and follow after Jesus with us. That's why today we have a, a parenting Zoom call. You know, how, to, how, how to, to lead your children without losing your mind or something like that it was the, the title of it. But it's because we want to help parents and adults and grandparents and aunts and uncles. We want to help them do that most important thing of helping their children to follow after Jesus. Because we know no matter what, that's an investment that will always return on principle. Better than anything else. No, no, it's better than teaching them how to throw a curveball. Better than, than teaching them uh, the, the Pythagorean theorem. Uh, better than teaching them literature appreciation or, or musical instruments. Teaching them. It, it, there is nothing that compares with the certainty of teaching our children how to follow after Jesus. So that, that's what scattering the seeds is. The other thing that he says here, uh, start now and start small. Just those seeds. Start right now. Just go throw them. Mustard seeds, he shares. They're little bitty seeds. But you just go do it. You just obey Jesus wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Invite him with others. At work. Some of you spend a lot of time at work. Man, be obeying Jesus there. Do your work well. Do it honestly. Um, care for your coworkers. Love those around you. Be a, a, be a reconciling presence there. You know, do your work well. You're scattering seeds when you do that. When you in, inviting others then to participate in things like church or Easter egg hunts or whatever it might be. You're you're scattering the seeds. You don't have to. You don't have to have this grand plan. Start small. Start now. Start small. You don't have to figure it out. Matter of fact, you can't. That's part of the point of the parable. The guy just scatters seeds. He goes to sleep and he wakes up, you know, and he waters. He does his thing. And then magic happens and things start to grow. 
Can't be focusing on the paralysis of analysis. You know, those, just try, just do the little things for God. Start now, start small. When we were in Mobile, um, before coming here, we, uh, one of the things that, that we did is we just took care of things that were small. And no, they were babies. And we took foster babies into our home. Kathy would pick them up at the, uh, hospital. And we'd keep them sometimes for weeks, sometimes for months, one time uh, over 17 months. Uh, and, uh, Next week, that little baby graduates from high school. Just a little way. Just a little thing for a little while. And now Layla's headed off to college. Start now. Start small. The other thing that we learn from this parable, in terms of how to know it grows, don't give up. Don't, don't give up obeying Jesus. Don't give up participating in his kingdom. Because the kingdom of God will not fail. Is there anything else that can promise you what you put into it will not fail? Well, they can promise you, but they're lying. This, we know, never fails. The kingdom of God will come to fruition. Martyrs are celebrated in heaven. I'd rather die for what's eternal than live for what actually is meaningless. Uh, D.L. Moody uh, said, you know, the, the greatest danger in the world is living for and succeeding in what is meaningless. I'd rather fail at living into the kingdom of God because I know that's what's eternal. And, and a lot of times we can't see the impact. We have no idea the impact we're having in obeying Jesus. But we know that God's kingdom is an eternal reality for all of creation. It cannot be stopped. Now, Jesus started with 12. And Jesus was the son of God. He just started with 12 people in his gathering to say, Hey, what is what does it mean to live into the kingdom of God? One of them, as we know, betrayed him. And then at the cross, those twelve scattered. And when Jesus did rise from the dead, we had a hundred and twenty that were there. And then for three hundred years, that hundred now hundred twenty had a great start, had a huge bump there on Pentecost, came three thousand. But then for three hundred years, the Church of Jesus Christ was persecuted. They were thrown to the lions. They were put in the middle of the gladiator pit. They were used as human entertainment by their destruction, by hanging them on crosses for others to jeer. For 300 years, the emperor used the church as one of the scapegoats, one of the things to blame for their failure. They had no idea. That today we'd be saying there's about two and a half billion people on this planet that affirm Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So don't give up. Don't give up in following the ways of Jesus, in pursuing the ways of the kingdom. Because we know the kingdom of God will succeed. Another thing to, to learn from this. Don't get angry with temporary defeats. Don't get angry. Don't lose your patience. 
Don't, don't let the fruit of the world begin to in, invade your perspective. That happens a lot with us through their older, older than 55. We realize we don't have as much time anymore. And, and we see that window of our participation shrinking and we see the way the world is going and that can cause impatience. That can cause anger. That can come, that can cause us to become grouches. Instead of letting the fruit of the Spirit. That is when we, when we focus on what's happening around us instead of focusing on Jesus. We can become a cynic. Because it looks like we're losing And the reality of the lack of control that we have is hitting us in the face. Sometimes it's good to realize that because there were times we thought we had control when really we were fooling ourselves. But remember that this parable that you never had control to begin with. You know, the guy, the guy was sleeping. He scattered his seeds. He was sleeping. But God's the one that caused the growth in God's timing and in God's ways. Friends, you never, we never had control to begin with. God is the one who's in control. God's not worried. God's not thwarted. God's kingdom is growing just like God planned. So keep on loving God. Keep on loving one another like Jesus loved you. Keep on loving your neighbor like you love yourself. Scatter the seeds. Don't give up. Don't get angry with temporary defeats. And don't take shortcuts. This takes time. This work of the kingdom. I mean, Jesus says, scatter the seeds, they grow, and then they mature. You know, he goes through the mature, maturity stages of, of grain. It has to move from one thing to the next. And, and God does that. God uses the time according to God's purpose. I mean, he took 300 years of persecution to, to develop and strengthen the church underground before then it started to really take off and flourish as we see today. So don't take shortcuts. Don't, don't think, well, I'm doing this for God. So what's a lie if it's for the kingdom? Well, a lie is not the way of the kingdom. we've got to get this done. So it it doesn't matter. I'm going to use people up. I'm going to use people to get this for the kingdom. Well, no, you don't use people for the kingdom. Be about the kingdom in the ways of the kingdom. Be about God's grace and mercy in ways of grace and mercy. Because the kingdom is like a good Sumter County watermelon. You know, you, you got another month, couple months before you're going to be able to get them. You know, Clanton County peaches. Or, or even, you know, it's closer to home here and sooner. It's not long before the you pick them berries are going to be ready. You know, and there's just no comparison. No comparison from a strawberry that you've picked from the vine. And one that was grown 800 miles away, picked when it was white, shipped here, and then injected with chemicals and gases so that it looks nice and red, but you bite into it and it's like beating it, eating into this piece of wood. That's, a, there's, that, that's the kingdom. The kingdom takes time. Don't take shortcuts in, in the kingdom. 
It's not instant. It's not microwavable. For, for a people to mature in character, we have to spend our lives with one another, studying and following Jesus, failing, receiving His grace, living in the power of His Spirit, failing, receiving His grace, living in the power of His Spirit, failing, receiving His grace, living in the power of the Spirit. You get the picture, and you know it. You've lived it. And at times... The, the length of this journey and not seeing what we want to see can cause us to take shortcuts. Don't take shortcuts. Scatter the seeds. Continue to love God with all you got. Love one another like Jesus loved you. Love your neighbor as yourself. Fall deeper and deeper in love with Jesus. Trust in Him. Don't take shortcuts. Dream big, because the kingdom's big, but pursue God. That's a really important one. Because we can often pursue big. And that's, well, it's one of the temptations to take shortcuts. If we're pursuing big, then at times we want to do what makes it big, what makes it maximizes its impact instead of what pursues God. Don't, don't pursue big because that can easily become an idol. And I mean, making an impact? We want to make an impact. Well, how did scatter the seeds? God's the one that causes the growth. That's the guarantee of the kingdom. The, the kingdom that will be big. The kingdom that will have impact. It will be important. It will grow because God causes it to grow. Not because I'm going to make it happen or you're going to make it happen or we're going to make it happen. But because we're scattering the seeds and letting God do the work of growth. When we dream big and pursue big, the growth and impact become more important than Jesus. We had, I'm afraid, a recent revelation of that in the last year or so with the ministry that some of you know, Rabbi Zacharias. International ministry, known around the world, had great in significant impact in people's lives. Yet he was a womanizer, an adulterer, had massage parlors all around the world that he would go to for his own pleasure while at the same time teaching the ways of the kingdom of God. And that has now become widely known. And what we know is that the board knew about it. But they got big and kingdom mixed up. And they said, you know, this is too big to fail. It's having too much impact for the kingdom of God for us to stop that. And they looked the other way. They dreamed big and pursued big instead of dreaming big and pursuing God. And now, I mean, it's plenty of ammunition for those that are cynical about the work of the church. Now, we, now we you know, so therefore... We need to continue to dream big, but pursue God at every step. Follow Jesus at every step. And we seek to, we dream big. We seek to 
be a growing community, a growing, diverse community of Jesus followers. That's rare. It's a rare thing. Only 14% of the churches in the United States are diverse. So it takes work and it causes trouble. That's why we have our Embracing Unity class now. And there are times when, when people weep and cry. They get offended and they, we have challenging. But we're doing the work of following Jesus because Jesus is unifying us and nothing else. And it's hard to let some of those other things go. And we don't only want to do it ourselves, but we want to plant other churches that do the same thing. So we're dreaming big, but we want to be pursuing God every step of the way. Keep, keep scattering the seed and pursuing God. Because ultimately, the other thing we see from this parable, the other thing we see is that ultimately, maybe the most important thing, the eternal judge for success and failure is God. At the end of the, the, the first parable, after the, the seed is matured, the sickle comes on and the sickle harvests. Well, the, the sickle throughout the New Testament is a symbol for God's judgment. It's a symbol for that judgment to come. Uh, Revelation 14 maybe the best passage to look at if you want to go look at that one. Where the sickle is what brings God's judgment. And eventually, for all of us, the harvest comes. Eventually, the harvest comes for the whole world. And all is made right. We all stand before God. Our lives are judged. Now, in Jesus Christ, we're secure before God. We are right with Him, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done in us. But still, our lives have meaning and purpose. We're raised bodily. And what we have done that is in in alignment with the kingdom, it goes with us. That's part of what the Scriptures say are the rewards. We're celebrating the ways that we scattered seeds and that God used that to cause growth. There are going to be great surprises in heaven because there are ways that you've scattered seed you have no idea. You have no idea the influence that you've had on other people that led them to follow after Jesus. And they may not even realize it. You're just part of God's plan. You're just one of the pieces that God used to intersect their lives. It's going to be a wondrous time of judgment because we're going to celebrate all the ways that we got to scatter seeds and we didn't even know it and God used it to grow His kingdom. But what we have to remember is that God's the judge of what is success and failure and not our grades, not wins and losses, not even balance sheets. God is the one that will tell us what is a success and what is a failure. He's the one that brings the harvest. God makes the call. Friends, we are living for an audience of one. And he is good. He is righteous. He is filled with steadfast love. And he will fulfill his plans. And we get to be a part of that which we know grows forever. So let us. Remember these principles that, that flow from Jesus' parable about growing. Start now. Start small. Don't give up. Don't get angry with temporary defeats. Don't take shortcuts. Dream big, but pursue God. For God is the eternal judge for success 
and failure. Let us scatter the seeds. As Jesus has taught us, big picture, love God with everything you've got. Love one another as Jesus loves you and love your neighbor as you love yourself. Scatter the seeds of the kingdom and let God cause the growth. The harvest will be plentiful and joyful. That's what we get to be a part of. Let's pray.